cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. The ground is soft, it's not... It's oh, it's not, heavy. Soft on times. It's, it's heavy. OK. A huge warm welcome to the Barstures Inquiry Sunday Sermon, your absolutely weekly needs uh, of a racing podcast, and it isn't totally shit. Joining me this evening are my two usual cohorts, uh, John Lang and Lorne Malvo. Chris, welcome, folks. Good evening. Uh, this, this is going to be a corker of a show. Good evening, John. It's going to be that good this year. I wish I wasn't on it and just listening to it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. You're not I, the only one, Mike. I, I think understand. you'll like this one. But yeah, uh, we were due to have a special guest on, but we've decided to do a a, a different show with that. We we feel he uh, he deserves his own sort of you know like audience, if you like, um, to get what he wants off his chest rather than sermon style. Okay, we'll move on to review of the weekend's racing and. Well, <laughs> there's not a lot to talk about, really. Well, one thing that did I'll call... give you something to talk about. Go on. Uh, the owner's vouchers at Redcar. Oh, yeah. Last night, yeah. Um, when, when you go in, you get a, a voucher for a, a light lunch, right? which is a bit surprising for a night making anyway. Is that what it says on the voucher, light lunch? Yeah, you just thought you'd have actually missed lunch. Wouldn't you? But anyway. And... Uh, you get a, a sandwich in a packet, yeah. a, a bag of crisps, yeah. a Kit Kat, yeah. which was a, a little bit of a letdown, really. Yeah, I, 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 look, I, I know it's your local coast, John, but. I, as, as, having horses there over the years, I've, I've never been that impressed. I can remember once going there. I don't know if they still do this, but they, they moved the owners into the. Uh, it was like in back of the main stand, and and it was in this room where you, you, there was this old bird serve, serving like chili and rice and stuff. You know, it looked like it looked, didn't look great. And, and and but not just that. It was just the fact that. You, you couldn't see anything. So literally, owner's suite, you, you're looking out onto, onto the cemetery sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> there is an owner's facility just past the winning post now, but it's at ground level, so yeah. you, can't, you can't, well, you can't really say the track. You know, you've got to, you've got to go off the CCTV, really. No, yeah. it's a shame because, it's a shame because red car, like, until they had this, uh, draw bias, which has plagued them, I feel, um, in recent times. Uh, I've always loved red car as a track because you, that long straight, you know, I mean, going back in the it days when you... Yeah, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, you used to back one of Kamani's, you know, that was bred to stay six miles. It'd run, he'd run it over the mile and six, you know, first time handicapping in soft ground, and, and you know, one of Arga cars, you, you knew it had got that entire four furlong, four or five furlongs, and half furlong straight to mow them down. And that's why I used to love Red Car for that, because I just thought it were a fair test. And But <laughs> due to recent draw biases, we've been let down on that as well. But uh, anyway, no, thanks for that. So, yeah, they've not changed. And uh, they need to do more for owners, do Red Car, the local. Okay, coming to review of racing, uh, one thing caught my eye today, John, uh, the Casino Von Baden, 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 Von Baden, uh, Golden Preacher run at uh, Baden, Baden, <laughs> was won by Dubai Legend, uh, Group 3. You know, nice for Dubai Legend to get back on the track. 
Um, in, 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 interested in that because you know that that sort of is that boosting the three year olds in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> yeah, the theory, isn't it? Because you, you're not in, always entirely sure what the form of the Von Baden, Baden, Von Baden, 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 Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, nice for Carlton Palmer to get back on track with that. Um, in, uh, interesting. I've, 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 I've had a, I've had a few little moans about a, a race yesterday. Um, it was the Irish Cambridgeshire, and um, I'm afraid that uh, Mikey Sheehy in the in the, the winner of Federal, he rode the winner Federal for the Baby Joseph, chinned uh, the green and gold, the big, the great man. Fran Berry, the, the gin the nod, the, the, the lads in the yard run at 16s and 20s, the second for plenty, absolute plenty. It's gone off 13 to 2, and Federal's chinned it. Um, near oh. line, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the yard was absolutely, I can tell you, stunned, stunned into silence. Devastating uh, for the lads. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, the, the you know, the, the, the big man was on, uh, the nod was there, uh, good Evans into 13 to 2. Uh, was done by Federal um, for, for, I would presume that uh, Lloyd Williams doesn't really have a bet, uh, judging by the SP anyway, 28. Not how bad you was yesterday, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It shows you the game strike, doesn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, so a, a disaster there for the for, for the uh, for the baby Joseph Yard, who were all licking their wounds this morning after thinking that they'd had a lovely anti-post touch. So it's you know it's the way it goes sometimes in this game. They're not um, machines, are they? No. They're not machines, no, far no, from it. Like rails, yeah. uh, Sean's been on, and he, he and yeah, I take his point. Uh, he said a race today at Goodwood, six furlong handicap, one fifty race, five thousand to one. Um, one, it wasn't a big field by any means, but basically, right. yeah, <laughs> good price indeed. Off ninety one. Uh, did it did it nicely after a slow start. He thinks this could run well in the Air Gold Cup, but I don't really disagree. This horse has got a lot of talent. Um, lost its way now for 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 a while. It was formerly rated 110. Okay, um, get it back, it? Yeah, who knows? That just might. You know, it was interesting that Buick. I mean, look, Carver's rode it, Pro Bears rode it. All of a sudden, Buick gets on. You know, and horse just gets its head in front and. You know, under a little pen- penalty for Air Gold Cup, couldn't, couldn't couldn't put anyone off at sort of like twenty to one plus back class. It's it's one of those that that, that could do it. But as we saw last year with Bielsa in the Air Gold Cup, get under that stands rail possibly. Who knows? Um, the draw often key there um, at the Scottish venue. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that, that, cover, that covers the racing. Oh, actually, no, we'll do the John. Have you a Jimmy Lindley this week? Um, no, no. No. Um, we do like your Jimmy Lindley, so please find more, please. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Thursday. Well, I only put a vote to like him. I know, I know, I know. This thing, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, if you ever employed John as a paddock judge, you might send him out to 10 meetings and, uh, and you might not get a text back after 10 minutes and you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm, paying, I'm paying him, I'm paying him to go and analyse me some horses. You won't get a text. And then one day you'll get one and say, this is the one. 
So you'd have to Ken Peterson, favourite looks well. That's all you need to say, don't you? Well, well that's, I mean, that's it. John's John literally. That's why I listen. When John says something, anything at all to do with, you know, if he ever sends sends me anything uh, regarding the old paddock, I listen because he doesn't do it often. I might get about three messages here myself off him and they're usually pretty good this, this isn't a jimmy lindley as such but it ran on thursday at chelmsford and it i and I've, i this is i'll tell you my exact notes um it was a horse called sunglasses simon ed chrisford um a filly um by ifraj and she did absolutely everything wrong and i mean if i, I watched the race there's no way she could win in fact she was 25 to 1 from an SP of about seven after after about two or three furlongs. She was pulling hard. She missed the missed the kick over the mile at Chelmsford. It's what you don't want. And she come absolutely flying through to win in the end. And, geez, I mean, if that filly is not listed stroke group class, I'll start. I mean, she's one to look out for in the autumn. Wherever they send her, she's got no entries at the moment, but wherever they send her, I'm absolutely confident she'll hack up um, in any normal listed race. I think she's really high class. To do what she did, I, I don't. you don't see many at Chelmsford do that. So sunglasses, really, really you, you can back her with confidence up in class. She's a very good filly. Um, did absolutely, you couldn't have done more wrong. It was, in, you know, unless you lose a 10 at the start, which she didn't. But but anyway, she, she got herself behind and pulling and it just, it, it never went right for her. But yes, impressive winner if you watch that back. Chelmsford, the 320 on Thursday. Review concluded, chaps. Right. John Hines has been on. He wants a feisty show. Feisty show. We're all depressed with the energy price catastrophe and cost of living crisis. So if you were made God for the day, what changes would you make to the racing media? Everything. What, 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 what would we do from top to bottom? We, we, we can start. I mean, where are we going to start? Where do you want to start it? John, what 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 part of what part of racing do you want to start on that we could solve? We, we could improve. Well, I think for a start, you've got to acknowledge the funding of the sport, how it's funded, and make sure that that particular avenue of funding gets the promotion it needs. Yeah. I mean, at the minute, racing's really keen to disassociate itself from betting, which is probably the most bizarre situation you can ever imagine. It is. You know. Yeah. I mean, that underpins the whole sport, and yet nobody seems to give a shit, you know. They'll, they'll try anything, racing leagues, fantasy competitions, you know, sending presenters up north with white jeans on, you name it. Yeah, and, uh, radical stuff. You know, nothing seems to be happening, you know, I mean... That's- Funding's going to drop through the floor with this gambling review, and they'll say nobody seems to give a shit. You know, I mean, that, that, that's where I'd start. Yeah. You know, but I mean, as I say, we've only got an hour for the show. Yeah. It's a salient point regarding betting because, as we've pointed out on the show before, uh, the the dumbing down of it on ITV, you know, they're not really interested in it. They're more interested in drinking and fashion. Yep. And you know, and 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 stories like jockeys and trainers, stories. It's all about the stories, the gin, the fashion. It's not about the betting ring anymore, and and basically about, you know, this is this has been a huge monumental gamble. This is this you know this horse has attracted. It's it, 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 they've dumbed down on that. 
and like you said, that's the worrying part. And, and and if youngsters are listening to this pod thinking what they're on about, listen to some YouTube past podcasts of Channel 4 Racing with John McCreary, Jim McGrath, Frank, um, you know, Brust, Alistair Down, <laughs> when he was Compass Mentors. Um, and, you know, it, it, it literally is different class. Like, yeah. it, it literally, I, 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 I wasn't a massive fan even back then, but... When uh, you consider that production to this production now, yes. it's all it's all happy, smiley. This is fantastic. Oh, you know, oh, this, this is amazing. What an amazing it's story. It's such a nitty gritty back then, didn't you? You know, I mean, yeah. Nowadays, if you had that, like the, the Wilco carrier bag man who was going around betting on the odds on pork yeah. on the chases, yeah, he yeah. wouldn't get any coverage now. He'd be, be like dismissed as a dangerous. Frank, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, well, you make a good point because if you if you literally go onto the race course now, we sort of you know like I don't know twenty or thirty grand's worth of reddies, fifties in a in a Sainsbury's carrier, you know, and you went up to a books and, and you, you tried to get. I mean, they'd still accommodate. You have no doubt going down the line, but imagine ITV film. In fact, IT like you said, John, ITV wouldn't touch it with a barge because yeah. they would class that as irresponsible gambling or mental health problems or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or, or this yeah. man's just took his took his granny's uh, his, his granny's inheritance and just yeah. you know, decided to yeah. smash or, it over or his money laundering for the cartels, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which which is possible, of course. But, but it, it, makes, uh, it makes you makes you. Uh, I'm, I'm like you. I was an enormous fan of Channel Four, but Christ Almighty, it's different gear to what what they're wheeling out now. You know, bring back John Oaksey. You know, yeah. even in his worst days, be- his worst days better than the best that they're offering at the minute. It's so bland. It's so kind of cliched, isn't it? I mean, Jason Weaver starts every sentence with, well, look, or yeah, look, or, you know, it's, 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 it is so formulaic. He should be the fucking great class card man, shouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dan Prowse. Yeah, I met him once. It says, look, but doesn't fucking listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop, look, listen, on it? There you go. It, it, it's so formulaic. And, and yeah, I mean, Ch- Channel 4 was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but but it had a bit of character and had much more focus on betting. The current output is everything but betting. And that that's that's the big mistake they're making. It is. And this is playing into the hands of obviously Big Corp, who, who literally are decimating the sport in their, in their own right. And they, they know what, exactly what they're doing. You know, they're weeding out winners. They, they they literally are just, you know, there's no way they are getting rid of the people that are putting money into slot machines. It's, if if anyone thinks they're actually doing that, well, just you just have to look at the yearly profits. You know, it, it, it's it's it, they're not doing that. There's no they've no intention of doing this, and this is the problem. They, they, they've took they've took over the hen house and and literally now we're in we're in deep trouble and like john says re the funding if we were king for a day if you like if we were in charge and we could make anything happen we'd absolutely turn this over like we just <laughs> we'd just turn it all over and we'd just take the power back off they've got too much power the th- the reason if anyone wonders why the fixture lists aren't getting uh cut and aren't, aren't you know and aren't, and aren't becoming more trimmed and more sustainable for racing i'll give you i'll just i'll just i'll just give you two words um entertain arc and that's that's all that's all you need to know that's why the racing fixtures aren't getting cut i mean we knew a few months ago for example that arc were in 
private negotiations with certain jockeys and trainers to do their own flapping. They were ready. They're, they're, they're half ready to break from the BHA and, and do flapping meetings. In other words, non-licensed, under under arc. Uh, they just run their own meetings for their own shops, sell the picture rights themselves uh, abroad. You know, what do we need the BHA for? Um, it was, and obviously that's not come to fruition right now. Maybe they've not reached agreement with, obviously maybe certain trainers worried that if they do that, it's a bit like the live golf situation. With so, the, yeah, with, BHA need to get their arms around this double quick, but the trouble is there's nobody at the BHA spoiling for a fight. No. no the situation not. as it is, it's not just going to be a fight. It'll be an absolute bloodbath. But yeah. in them situations, you need an absolute rottweiler going into bat for you. And the BHA is staffed entirely with poodles. Yeah. So when you when you read things in the racing media, and I've I've there were more there was something like the races today, uh, you know, discussing it. It's a bit like a Brexit debate. We have to please all parties. No, it shouldn't be about pleasing all parties. Literally, there should be someone uh, sending it in a certain direction and saying this is how it is. It's got to work like this. I understand it. It, it won't work like that. For example, Arc and Ten aren't going to agree to fixture cuts. They they want as many. Fi- in fact, they want more. So that's not that's not on the table for them. But you can see the power they have in the fact that nothing can be done. Nothing can be done to overturn their power, what they have over the sport. And we don't know what they're saying over the table. Like, right, if you do this, we'll just cut funding. Uh, you know, we so don't know. Something could be done, though, but it's just totally unpalatable to the VHA, isn't it? Yeah. They're, they're all race under the rules of racing. And if they didn't come into line, racing could cut them loose. But it's having the will to do it, isn't it? Because, as I say, you're asking for a bloodbath. You would get one, but you'd come out the other side of it a better spot. This this is knacking me up, John, uh, as you know it would. Uh, but I would advocate for a full total system. Yeah. yeah, I mean, an industry exchange is, is, is you know, well, one of the ideas I think that Johnny yourself floated several months ago. You know, have have a, have a BHA or you know horse racing backed exchange, all profits etc. going going to funding the sport. Yeah, you know, take on Betfair. You, it, know, well, you know, with with their reserves as they stand at the minute, they can set one up and they could go commission free for twelve months and blow Betfair out the water. Yes. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, you know, completely. and then they've got it. They've kind of the market. I, I mean, I mean, I'd support it absolutely unequivocally. Uh, unequivocally. Uh, big, big, big word for me on Jim. Um, uh, it's yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely no downside to it. They could get, employ the bods that can get the system like the Betfair have. I'm sure. I know it's yeah. difficult to replicate. I know. I know. Obviously. Betfair have invested a lot of time and money on their infrastructure to create when they've got a lot of traffic. I, I know there's, it's not just a case of just setting one up, right, we'll just do it on WordPress. Um, yeah, it's, it definitely is very technical to, to do something like this, but I'm pretty certain it can be done, and they should have been planning this a long time ago, because yeah, as it's going now with Paddy Power, and th- this is another problem, where, where are the Monopolies Commission? So, so Coral Labrooks, Betdag, Entain, right? Probably other subsidiaries I haven't mentioned. You've got Flutter, Paddy Power, Betfair, 
and whoever else, right? So, so how we how have we allowed Big Corp to come in and corner the sport? That's what's happened. It, it, forget all the all the ins and outs and and oh, this these many runners and that many runners and prize money. These 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 people have cornered the sport. They're too big. Because it, since its inception, the BHA ship, if you like, has been steered steered by a succession of absolute chimps. Yeah, yeah. it has to be. It it has to be because because you cannot. I'd sit around the table with these people and I'd just, I'd, I would say exactly what I'm saying on this show. I'd say, I know what you're doing. So you can't, you know, you can't, I, I wouldn't let them, I wouldn't let them outflank me on, on, on this subject. I'd, I'd say, I know what you're doing. I know, I know what the end game's going to be. And the end game for racing as it stands is, is not very good. It, it, but, it, it, it isn't. But the problem being me, that racing doesn't have you sat at the table on its behalf over no. That lifelong love and understanding of the sport. It's just got some corporate nerds out there that's doing the three-year stint, waiting for the payoff at the end, and just hoping they haven't done anything so disastrous to rock the boat so much. Until they move on to the next job. Exactly. Yeah. Look how dog racing's been mismanaged. You know, one of the biggest spectator sport at the world's chain. Dog racing's gone down the toilet because of lack of leadership and a succession of sort of career administrators. You know, racing will follow the dog racing model. You know, it's a minority sport now. Uh, and, you know, it's basically in the betting shops controlled for bags. You know, it's a bookmaker yeah. product. Racing could go that way very, very easily unless they grip it. Indeed. So the funding we tackle by, I, I would say, an alter system. I mean, yeah. I, if we had the power uh, and we make it a competitive, say, 5% to across the board. You know, like so, so, you know, we'd really, we'd really go for the jugular, five percent to right across the board, run properly, uh, horse racing exchange. That's how we solve the funding. You don't need these big house bookmakers. Then you don't need it. You're offering punters a credible solution, but then, but now you've got ulterior forces coming in, aren't you? You've got, you've got the the anti gambling uh, lobbyists uh, that, that want prohibition and restrictions and the, the whole bloody ship seems to have sailed on a lot of these things that could have been done and implemented a long time ago very frustrating so so the funding whilst whilst we could solve it if we were given free reign it's it's more complicated now okay let's go to um racing media then the racing media side of things the trade paper the racing post how far has that fell in uh, over the years john well, it's just a stinking rotten raid, really, now, isn't it? You know, I mean, there's very little any use to anybody. I mean, the training centres sections have turned into utter garbage. I mean, you used to get a Gallup report on a Monday morning in there. You used to get a Gallup report on a Thursday morning. Um, quite often, it wasn't terribly accurate, given some of the Gallup <laughs> took place. But it, it was an interesting raid. Depends if John Lowe put two stone in the saddle without yes. anyone noticing. <laughs> Fleetwood was the one he was keeping for himself, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't bought the post in Christ knows how long. I mean, I, I use the Racing Post website, subscribe to that, because I keep my own notes on there. Yeah. It's the most convenient way to do it. But other than that, I mean... I, 
there's very little goes in there that I want to read. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the, 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 they attract a lot. Of, obviously, they're trying to sort of get young journalists to come on board and yeah. stuff. And what, what's, the, what's that term and uh, we lassie call there? Is it Maddie Maddie, Maddie, Maddie Plale? Maddie Plale. She's Blair. not bad. Yeah, she's she's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've read I've read some of them. Don't necessarily agree with. with, with I, I, I wouldn't say I've read a lot of the stuff. I've, I've seen the Springham podcasts and things like that, and I, I, I quite like the, the fact that she's quite far out with her views and everything. And, uh, yeah. I've, I've never got to they, the articles. No, I mean they, you know, the the, the, the kind of it's tri- because it seems to be. Its model seems to be relied naturally on bookmaker advertising. It's become a, a, a sort of a slave to, to the bookmaking industry. And, 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 but curiously, a lot of the output doesn't seem to be terribly punter focused. You know, when you bought the Sporting Life or the Racing Post, it was all about the betting side. But, but the Racing Post seems to be packed with a lot of human interest stories. And it has signally, singularly rather failed to address the whole issue of restrictions. And they're about 10 years too late. This started 10 years ago when people were getting closed down and restricted. And the Racing Post did fuck all. And the only time they're doing something is when their own journalists are suddenly start getting restricted. And all of a sudden, oh, this is terrible. I can't get 600 quid each way on a filthy each way race anymore with Bet365. What's going on? And, you know, whilst its readership during that period was moaning, complaining about getting, you know, massively restricted, the Racing Post journalists did nothing. And they should hang their head in shame about that. And it's far too late what they're doing now. Much too late. To, to a degree, though, are, are they doing that much now? I mean, <coughs> not really, no. Not really. They're, I mean, they're making some noises, aren't they? Well, you know, there's a, the odd article goes out. But but it's miles too late. That, that ship has sailed and it's in another port now because they didn't care because they were getting on. I remember re- reading Richard Birch's column, you know, his punting week. He had a grand on that, 800 quid. Whilst at the same time, people were being restricted to, you know, tenors and fivers. He did nothing yeah. because he was getting on. Great, making a well, profit. Right, Peter Thomas did a got decent article this week uh, on the subject. You know, don't mind Peter Thomas now and again. Um, and, he, and, he, and he stated, he said, well, what's he going to do with himself if all these restrictions come in? Because, you know, he, he, it's like, well, he doesn't want to supply data. He, he doesn't want to be intru- intruded against. Uh he, he just enjoys the sport. He's not. A, he admitted he's not. He's not a winning punter. He's. He's. You know. He's lost over the years, but just absolutely loves the sport. And how many punters are like that? In exactly the same boat. That you know. Not. Loads. You know. Absolutely not, loads. You not, know, none of them. Punters, all these is you know losing punters. The prohibitionists assume that losing punters are in the grip of a terrible addiction and need to be protected yeah. from themselves. But they actually losing punters take their losses. As the cost of their hobby, it's no different from you know taking up golf where you, you factor in your, your membership fees, green fees, clubs, drinks afterwards. That's the cost of your hobby, and providing you can manage that within you know comfortable uh, parameters. So what you lose over the year, that, that's that's the price of your hobby. You know that, that most punters are quite happy to, to lose, providing they don't lose too much. And, and yeah. you know, the prohibitions can't get their head around that at all. They cannot <laughs> understand it. The prohibitionists, some of them, good, good people as well. Like, I, look, I'm going to stick up for prohibition as well because I, I know some of them, and um, I call them prohibitionists. That's wrong. They, they don't want. They don't want to see the the the, the betting cancelled or anything like. That. Uh, some of them actually, you know, see for it for what it is that they just don't want to see people rinsed by a big yeah. corp, uh, which which is on the yeah. slots, uh, the casinos. I mean, that's that's the one. Yeah. That, if I was in charge of the review. 
uh, you know, like I was I was Burza. No, well, he'd be gone, wouldn't he? Whoever useless idiot they get in next, uh, Truss or Sunak. If, if, if I was in charge of it, you, you, you want to want to segregate the products, uh, but you've got to ask yourself why the big books don't want this. They don't want yep. to segregate the products. They've no, they've never made any noise about segregating any products. Now, that's very strange. When the evidence is clearly there, that in games of chance, you 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 can't win. I mean, I mean, just just to do the simple maths for anyone that plays roulette, um, you're going to lose two pound and seventy nine pence for every hundred pounds you stake, and that doesn't matter. Over, I mean, yeah, I accept over three months you might win, over six months you might win, but over time, over a lifetime, if you've just played roulette on say even money chances, red or black, you're going to lose two pounds seventy nine for every hundred pound you put on that wheel. So. As long as you can accept that and play it accordingly, that's fine. However, some people don't accept that and carry on playing, and it's to the detriment. And I, I, if I was doing gambling regulation, I would make bookmakers display all uh, odds and chance on games of chance, uh, like in massive letters before you start the game. I would say, but in, in, in absolute layman's terms, right, you're playing this slot machine. Do you know you're going to lose uh, 28 pence in every pound you, you put in this slot machine? Yeah. And then yeah. and then it, it's fair game. If they still do it after that, then what, 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 you know, you don't need any, you don't need bank statements or restrictions or anything. It literally is just explaining. And I've always said it on this show, it's all about education uh, and educating people to an, a knowledge level where they f- they're fully aware that this game is going to cause them financial detriment. Uh, it might provide them enjoyment, and that's fine. P- I know people that would be happy sat there on slot machines all day and enjoy it, and that's fine. I, that's it. Great. Brilliant. But, but, some, but with, the prohi- with, with the prohibition, you know, if it, you know I, I think that if you know the, the, the requirement to provide evidence of income and expenditure before you have a bet you know many many people who aren't addicted will just say well i'm gonna do it anymore i'm having a bet i'm not buying a house i'm not buying a car i'm having a bet why should i send all this data in and you know people like tony calvin say well you know if you've got nothing to hide why do you care well that assumes that you trust the people holding your data and you know there are lots and lots of group actions against large corporations where data has been misused and sold. So you know it's very naive to believe that your data will be held properly and you know protected in accordance with you know the data handling rules. That's not going to happen. And what people don't understand is, is if you ban something or make it something very difficult, the black market, who is unencumbered by laws and regulation, will respond very quickly. So within weeks, you'll get lots and lots of offshore bookmakers setting up that will be taking debit card deposits and they will respond. You know, it's like anything, anything criminal or in the grey area. They, they move very quickly. So, you know, they'll be driving people to the underground market inevitably yeah. once you ban stuff you know organized crime or criminal groups or offshore they'll move move into that space you know and, and you know to the detriment of onshore regulated bookmakers yeah it's a it's a it's a, it's a sorry state of affairs so i'm gonna drop as we're discussing sort of like betting companies i'm gonna drop a bar stewards exclusive for our listeners and um i've been handed a confidential email which obviously I'm not going to respond to any, you know, I'm not saying who it is or whatever, but I know for a fact that Entain 
have further developed their algorithms on this subject. Now, the people are hanging on to this gambling review. I don't understand why people are hanging on to this gambling review, though, because they are the measures are already here. Punters are getting cancelled, losing their accounts, money frozen because of affordability checks and and also um, you know anti money laundering checks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And to see this, e- right, I'm going to read it out. I'm going to read some of it out. Uh, it says here, last year, betting and gaming industry leader Entain launched Advanced Responsibility and Care, ARC, <laughs> coincidentally, ARC, um, their new technology to identify and protect players at risk of problem gambling. Developed in partnership with medical professionals, academics, industry specialists, and data scientists, ARC takes safer gambling to a new level by enabling intervention in real time before harm occurs. The technology is much more than a single algorithm. It's a suite of tools that works alongside and with customers to protect players. Now, this is their new model. They're basically, you know, uh, this is what they've recently developed. And this is a this is this is a red flag. I'm sorry. This the, the, people are just waiting for this gambling review, thinking, "Oh, we might we might get a, a, a decent uh, uh, result here." No, no, no. It, this is in motion. This, this is the, forget forget the. Um, oh well, they might say we don't need to provide uh, documents, but no, 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 no. Forget that. They're already they've already beyond that. They're already doing it, and they're already they're already enhancing what they've already got, and they're demonstrating this to people right now. Uh, people of importance. So punters, this is a red flag. This is bad. This is really, really bad. And another thing that adds to this is that a bet three six five mole of mine, Denise John, mm. <laughs> uh, tells me they are literally no longer focused on UK racing. It's absolutely peanuts compared to their operations here and abroad on other sports. And the market they're attempting to crack right now is Brazil, which they say will be massive in terms of football betting. And that is purely where their focus is right now, is obviously lobbying uh, the bent Brazil uh, uh, ministers and politicians uh, to get their claws into Brazil and get get, get their offering on, on football markets. It shows you this is where I'm angry because our sport... They don't care about our sport anymore. They've crushed it. They've, they've beat it to a pulp. They've got rid of people that's fleecing them online. They, they're not interested. It's a uh, racing's as it stands. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, with, 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 with all the all the cost of living crisis coming up, I'd like to be more upbeat. But I'm just trying to be pragmatic in terms of what I'm told and how this is going. To, to warn you that this is not good. While, while the racing media all sit on their arse and do not like Chapman, where's this show? I mean, we keep asking. He says, don't, don't stress, it's coming. When's it going to come? When's this show going to come that's going to uh, speak in, in favour of punters? I'm going to fucking Tory Austin's, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, the Tory Austin's. I mean, that takes some beating. The world's in crisis and the Tories are going around the country on, on a tour bus talking, you know, I mean, it's, it's a joke. It's, honestly, I find it an absolute joke. But yeah, so Chris, it doesn't look good, does it? 
no, no, it doesn't. I mean, I, I just don't. I, I, I'm hoping I'm being overly pessimistic, but but all the signs are such that that you know regular recreational punters are going to be put through so many different hoops in terms of providing documents. That I, th- I just think loads and loads of people will just say, well, fuck it. I'm not going to bother. You know, it's not that important to me. It's disappointing. But why should I do all these things just to have a bet? And I think a lot of bookmakers are quite naive about it. You know, a lot of bookmakers can't say, oh, well, you punters, you, you'll do anything to have a bet <coughs> you're in the grip of things. They're not. Most people, a lot of people will be saying, well, I can't be bothered. I'm having a bet for fuck's sake. So, so yeah. I, I think I think they've underestimate or overestimate should I say the importance that gambling has for a lot of recreational punters and if you aren't in the grip of an addiction you know but by, by inference you're going to say well I'm not addicted to it so I can take it or leave it you know yes there'll be lots of people who who are in the grip of an addiction or, or it's a very important part of their life and they will acquiesce and, and agree to it but there are a lot of people that do it and say well I can't be bothered and I think they've really underestimated those how many individuals there are but as I say, you know, their needs will be met by the black market within weeks. There'll be alternatives offshore and, you know, uh, in, in various other forums where you can get a bet on, but without the protection of the law that you currently enjoy. Yeah, well, you said protection of the law. I mean, the books at the moment uh, are just uh, are not uh, are basically applying the law very liberally, let's say, in terms of uh, their own protection, yeah. where they are not releasing funds that, that I, I, I get so many stories on this some really bad ones as well like you just think how on earth the recent one was a, a unibet case where you know it's like husband and wife so basically i think it, it was his wife's account or whatever maybe he set another one up and he had one whatever um, and obviously because they see money transferred between each other the wife's accounts got froze and then uh, they yeah. won't pay but, you know they say no and I, he's still nonsense in it. I mean, it's like if he if he's lost that money, you know, he, I, I, it's just it's just that's that's the rubbish bit. I I I agree. Like we spoke, me and John spoke to Jeff Banks at York. Yeah. And and I and there's one bit I agree with with Jeff. Um, you know, like like collusion does does go. I know I know like people took the piss about collusion and so oh, yeah well what happens if it's a tipster that puts out three horses yeah. but gen, gen, genuinely there are people that have set up god knows how many accounts you you chris you know so. this you know like you might yeah. have ten, 10 different accounts with say jeff right yeah. and all all hitting it at the same literally at the same time yeah. bang you know like like yeah. because because that's so they can get 10 times the amount on that they should do yeah. Now I'm not saying that happened in the Jeff Adam Bunk case. Um, no. You know, Jeff won't release further details on it. Uh, I've asked him. Uh, Adam Bunk told me his side of the story, and yeah. you know, it's one of them. You, you can't. I, I don't know. I ain't got enough knowledge, but certainly, to, I, I get that. I get there's bookmakers that get absolutely fleeced by this, and 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 yes. so I, I am I am also considerate to their on things like this but i also know that there's punters that are being very unfairly treated and are caught up in the net in this and it needs to stop and racing media needs to do a hell of a lot more than it is because they're a disgrace chapman the all of no. them do nothing absolutely nothing it's too, it's uh, too little too late they don't want to rock the boat you know because they work hand in glove with bookmaker representatives owners trainers and it, it you know it is a 
you know, it's a microcosm, isn't it? And, and nobody wants to step outside and say this is wrong. And, you know, there are a few notable exceptions. I, I get that, Lydia, etc. But it's, it's still too little too late. They should have been doing this years ago. It started with restrictions, which happened over a decade ago. People were getting accounts shut and, restric- and they said nothing, absolutely nothing. And it's shameful. And, and I'm afraid that they're, they're far too late now. It's no good. Even if they start now, today, banging the drum, big campaign, that ship sailed. And that's the failure of leadership with the BHA and the failure of imagination on the part of, you know, so-called racing journalists. Yeah. If, I, if I'd have been the jockey club, I'd have been applying for a casino licence. And on jockey club race courses, you could perhaps yeah. have, have, on, you know, have casino, physical casinos in the establishment. You also um, on it, Yeah. Well, sorry, I mean... The USA model is exactly that. That's why they have massive prize money because of the casinos. Uh, yeah. you, you turn. I once went to a meeting at Calder. Uh, it's now called Gulfstream Park West, uh, just outside Miami. Literally, there must have been about hundred punters there, like like for the afternoon card. And but they're all upstairs playing poker and in the casino. So so that that's the thing. The casino is rammed. And there's 100, pe- yeah, 100, 100 but, people but they, watching the rest. They've missed out on that chance now, haven't they? Because they've allowed the prohibitionist anti-gambling lobby yeah. to say, you know, so so even if they came up with that idea, they'd never get that through. Oh, gam- casino equals bad. They've allowed these people to, to, to almost have a, a free platform to, to, to sort of sell their views. And punters or those representing punters haven't got their act together. You know, they are so far behind the pace in terms of the PR and the profile. You know, when you see Shilton on, on, on the TV, you never have an opposing view. It's always Shilton and his old woman and how terrible <laughs> life is. Then he gets his book out and the fucking dry his tears, now awful, and that's it. And it's never challenged. You don't get somebody either from the industry or from a punter group saying, well, hang on a minute, you you did this, yeah, you, you know, you gambled irresponsibly and lost a load of money. But here are some people that that either don't lose very much, it's the cost of their hobby, or win money. But it's always unchallenged, you know, and that's the narrative. MPs come, oh, gambling's awful. You never get an opposing view, and that's very, very strange when you see that on the TV. Yeah, no, totally agree. John, anything to add on all that all that palaver? No, that's pretty much covered it, I'd say. Yeah, okay. And we'll move on to our last topic this evening. And this is this is this is this is a controversial subject, I think. Oh, because it controversy, I mean. I know, I know. We yeah. love well, yeah. We're I, about quo. The, I, yeah. I reckon I reckon there's a lot of listeners that'll disagree with this, but look, chaps, look. You know, the word look. When people say, Oh, you know, you have all the luck or I never have any luck, that kind of thing. Um, does it matter more than talent? Twenty times as much. Yeah. And it's interesting because so both so both of you think look is more important than talent. Yeah, luck Absolutely sure. Right, luck and, and you know what? And I'm being totally honest. I would I would have completely disagreed with that. I'd have just said no, that's absolute baloney. Until uh, Chris sent me an art, an article. I've still not got to the bottom of it. It's that long, but honestly, there was some stuff in there that made me think. And there's some words in here that I just found amazing, really. That, for example, in in the in the in the political world, uh, I love this. It goes, uh, "We need we need socialism, right? Because it's a check it's a check and balance sheet against the harms of capitalism. Just as we need capitalism as a check and balance against the excesses and harms of socialism, as we know, socialism can lead to communism 
and and you get extremes of both Cap- extreme capitalism which produces ridiculous billionaires which we're getting now and then you get the other other side of the coin where everyone wants prohibition and you know and, and strict regimes and uh, uh, in the form of communism and and so, so I, I love that statement and the other statement that caught me chris in the article you sent uh, was the yes. scientist model the, these guys are, aren't aren't idiots they, they model things they, they, they you know they, they do the research they do the work and I, I like this argument so if you have 100 scientists all pretty much of relative ability but maybe maybe there might be a few that's better than others on on balance you know as a society works 10 scientists would get the big chunk of the investment, say from America or Russia, or you're your goods, like you know, you you get all the cash. To now, the the other ninety get nothing. Now you now this argument is that if you gave instead of giving all the money to the ten scientists that the, the government thought, yes, these are the best. If you gave equal amounts instead to a hundred scientists, science would be better for it. And I agree with that thoughts. Yeah. Well, I read an article a while back. Uh, basically, said a lot of, and, and I, I can't quote the examples. I'm not clever enough. But they, they said a lot of scientific discoveries happen either by chance or happen in a, in, a, in a different field of scientific inquiry that you know ultimately is applicable to a to to, to a completely different area of research so you could be you could be looking for something find something say oh that's helpful to another area whereas those guys are looking at a specific area haven't come across that because their mind is channeled on on what they're researching so it makes sense that if you broaden the pool of people who are given the funding you know you're going to get in theory better results than pouring it all into sort of the 10 brightest people so that you know on a common sense level that makes perfect sense yeah and like in their research, what they found also is that uh, people with high IQs um, are only like a, an AE of 1.2 more likely to succeed over somebody with a low IQ, yeah. right? So it's not that important to be super-duper intelligent to, whether you're going to be very wealthy. And they made the point that a lot of stupid people are rich and a lot of intelligent people are very poor. Yeah. Because they've not been offered the opportunity, and if you're already if you're already wealthy, then then the likelihood is you've probably gone to private school, you've probably met the right people, you probably find yourself in the right place at the right time, and you met Tarquin Jones from from uh, uh, you know from IG, and he, he'll offer you a trader's job, a starting salary of one hundred twenty five thousand a year. You know that's not going to get offered to the, a guy of the same intelligence, maybe the same IQ, that's grown up in a working class family. Um, you know, he's thinking, do I go to uni? Do I not? It's it's that kind of thing. It's it's a lot of it. You know, there has been a cult in the last few years of lionising and worshipping. You know, self-made entrepreneurs. So you've got you know programs like Dragon's Den in the UK and you know Shark Tank in the US. And, and you know, the narrative is these people who have made a load of money have done so because they worked their butt off. They saw an opportunity and they went for it. And, you know, and, and by by inference, if you haven't made a shitload of money, it means because you're lazy or you haven't got off your ass. But, but I'd be really interested to see how many 
second fortunes these people have made because a lot of the examples you know they discover something they build up a business they sell it for loads and then they invest in other businesses you know 99 percent of the time i'll wager they'll do their bollocks because they got lucky on one thing but they've convinced themselves oh well i'm a great businessman because i made a shitload of money whereas the reality is i think in a lot of cases they just got really lucky you know look at look at example vidal sassoon yeah he revolutionized women's hair cutting in the 60s there were people cutting the same styles and more innovative styles than vidal sassoon before him but they didn't get themselves out to the west end and meet models etc so they didn't you know get their name attached to those hairstyles now people will say oh well vidal sassoon had to get up and go to network and you know these other people cutting hair didn't have that vim and vigor but but ultimately you know it, there was a lot of luck involved in a lot of success stories. So, you know, I completely believe that luck plays a huge part in, in you know, financial success for sure. Yeah. And there's, there's a case in point, a recent one, uh, with a, I'll call him a friend of the show. He's been on the show. Anthony Comiscus, very intelligent fellow. Yeah, I know, I, I, yeah, I can, I can tell smart people a mile off and, and literally he's very smart. And, um, he obviously landed a very big bet um, was it with Betfred? It was. It was with some, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I can't, forget the online. It was. It was a fortune. It was disguised under a nineteen-year-old student um, that suddenly had this big, lucky whatever, lucky fifteen, lucky thirty-one. It come up. I think it paid. I, I don't know how much it paid. But it was in the hundreds of thousands. But uh, and I think he came to an out-of-court settlement with them. But even described that as basically setting him up as a like. No problem, you know, bookmaker, you know, buying all the pictures. So, so like you say, I mean, the thing is, whilst, like, I mean, you'll know, you'll know, Chris, you've known me a long time, and 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 you know, I know my stuff. And the thing is, it's all about landing the big bet at the right time, isn't it? it it's yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm no. The thing is, there'll be horse punters out there that'll be as be as clever as me, and they'll be and they'll be, yeah. in fact, better. You know, um, you know, I've, I've probably better form or whatever but you just i think you need that look you need that you need oh, that absolutely absolutely a lot of chance encounters you know that lots of people who've made money punting who've relied on information have done so through chance encounters you know i used to years ago my family used to know a publican that, that got close to i mean this is going way back manny mercer Right, Joe Mercer's brother, who was obviously sadly killed at Ascot, I think, one, one day. And, you know, he was telling him loads of winners. And that was just a chance encounter. And he made so much money, they got enough money to buy a pub. Then they went into bookmaking. And, you know, they are extreme, extremely wealthy family. But yeah. prior to that, had they not met Manny Mercer, I dare say, you know, that they would probably have not been wealthy. So, so yes, you know, hard work and, and skill plays a significant part. But, you know, that dumb luck just comes to some people and not others, I think. Yeah, it could, it could be. I mean, if we're talking in monetary terms, in terms of look, I mean, it could be inheritance. You yeah. could just land, you could just land on your feet from some kind of random inheritance. I, I, I forget who it was, Lee, but the lad who sourced a cert for Robert Sangster. Yeah, and and I think he got him for a ridiculous price at the early sales. It was something like twenty eight thousand dollars. Yeah, and on the spot, Robert Sangster gave him ten percent of a cert. Yeah. There you go. Now, the cert went won the French Derby, the Irish Derby, second in the King George, went off favourite for the Arc, and it was like a 15 million syndication after the Arc. Yeah. There you go. Thus, our millionaires created, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, often, and often I think when people do 
get lucky and make a lot of money through through that. There are very few people, and I've come across quite a few, who ultimately fail to believe that it's down to luck. Very few people say, oh, well, you know, I just got lucky. Most people have in their minds convinced themselves that they have some innate quality or skill that, that you know, that allowed them to uh, benefit from this outrageous fortune. So, you know, you kind of change your, your own view of yourself. You know, well, I'm actually lucky. Well, that's skillful. Well, actually, no, you're just lucky. No one wants to believe that they just got lucky as a result of dumb chance. Yeah, because that's it. It's, it's like, the, uh, and it's a perpetuation. Because if you if you say say like if you come into racing and manage to win I don't know two hundred thousand your first year betting yeah. in cash on course yeah. you probably think you're a genius yes yeah, you're you naturally going to think you're a genius you yeah. could have just been lucky yeah. that's that's the thing same, same with business people that make that money you know how many make two or three fortunes after that very very few yes there are you know high profile people that continue to grow their wealth but a lot of people just simply rely on that one piece of luck that gave them a, a, a you know a well a life-changing you know legacy and the rest of the time they end up you know property development doing their bollocks on this that and the other because intrinsically they are not as clever as the level of success they had through chance would suggest yeah but, another um sangster related story as well was uh, a businessman called patrick gallagher yeah who was actually in construction he made a lot of money in construction yep. and because he was attracted by the, the success of the sangster syndicate he wanted in and he was bad in his time, bad in his time, until he, he was absolutely sure that he was going to buy into the right one. Yep. He bought in the try my best, uh, about yep. a quarter of a million quid. Yep. And uh, that was at the end of the two-year-old season. And when we get to the spring of 1978, he sat there at the races and he watched his investment crash in about a minute and a half. Yeah, there you go. There's a quite a, a, a well-known story, probably apocryphal, involving Sangster and some of his chums who were playing golf at the Sandy Lane uh, Hotel Golf Course in Barbados. And there was a chap in front of them, possibly a Japanese fellow, that was really, really slow. And Sangster and his chums were betting sort of 10,000 quid a hole, you know, playing serious money. And eventually they caught up with this Japanese guy and they started to tear into him and say, you know, you're too fucking slow. We're proper people. <laughs> We're having 10 grand a hole. You know, what the fuck are you doing? And the Japanese guy who I think ultimately, you know, through a translator said, well, you know, 10 grand a hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, like, Sanctus says, come and join us if you've got the money. Ha, ha, ha. The bloke said, well, how much are you worth? And he says to Sanctus, Sanctus, I don't know what it was, 100 million. And the Japanese guy got a coin out of his pocket and said, I'll spin you for it. And until it was whispered in the front, Sankster's there, this bloke was worth billions and he could buy them all out 10 times over. And, and Sankster melted into the background when the guy got the coin out and said, I'll spin you for your fortune right here. How about that for balls? Exactly. Yeah, that's it. I mean, look, we've, we've highlighted what, what do listeners think to this? I mean, I mean, get in touch on the Bastards Twitter feed, you know, look or talent. I mean, Obviously, you know, I, I get that you, you've got to have, you, you know, you've got to have a brain cell. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like we've just pointed out, there's very intelligent people never get the breaks, never, ever get the and, luck. And you've got to get yourself out there and you know, make your own luck. And there is a lot in that. You know, a lot of people will... 
you know, get themselves out there, network with people and create the opportunity or the circumstances where they can get a lucky break. But but the narrative in all the business books and the self-help books suggests that, you know, that, that, that if, you, if you, you haven't made your fortune and you want to do it, it's because you aren't working hard enough or aren't clever enough. And that's simply not the case. You know, the country's full of salesmen that work you know, 80, 90 hours a week hammering the phones who get fuck all. You know, who are very motivated, very talented people, you know, got good interpersonal skills, but make nothing because they haven't they're not in the industry where them, you know, they're going to be rewarded and they haven't got access to the industries that are going to pay that kind of money. And that's just, you know, a quality of opportunity. That's that's luck where you're born in life. It is. If you've not seen Wall Street, the film, it's Bud Fox and Gordon Gecko. Yeah. Greed is good. Yeah, greed is good. Um, yeah, that 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 will. Bud Fox got his breaks. Yeah. Um, you know, until he until he crossed Gecko. But there you yeah. go. That's that's a great film that was. Um, okay, uh, yeah. I'm going to show there. If you'd like the article that Chris sent me, just DM me on Bar Stewards, and I'll I'll send you the link. It's very long, isn't it? Must it is very it. long. <laughs> Trust me on this. You possibly need like you know like a, a good. I've not finished it yet, but. Honestly, he's opened my eyes a little bit, and it's changed. And, and if and you know, from a man setting his ways like I am, if it's changed my mind and changed my, the ways of how I think um, wow. on the subject. It's, it's a powerful article. It's it's very well worth reading. Hope you enjoyed this show. We did. Um, you know, it's a little bit different from the norm, but uh, we didn't have much to talk about on the racing front, so uh, we compared everything to racing with the BHA and. and you know, slag them off as usual, uh, and got that in. So hope you enjoyed it. Me, John, and uh, hopefully Andy Richmond back Friday with uh, uh, I'll get Davis in. I think this week um, uh, on Friday for the normal show. That's all from us. Bye for now. <laughs>